1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
0: Gabe
2: Knight, so one thing I have always thrived in is reading between the lines when people are trying to tell me something. (laughs) Especially when it's something negative.
3: Yeah, she didn't want to insult you straight up. Right. But she, I mean, I think she did a very
2: good job of, you know, letting you down easy. She was diplomatic. There's no question. There's There's no question, but... Now I've, got, I, I've never had style. This is the bigger problem. I will, I will go and try to grab pieces of style as if to attempt to get in that direction, to just grasp at it, and yet I still find myself on the outside looking in. I'll tell you what, I got
3: respect for you, though. Jumping into the Jordans game, I'm too I'm too scared to do that. Like, I feel that's yeah. an intimidating landscape to have. Like, I've got friends who have five, six, seven pairs of Jordans, and I just, I'm like, I don't know. Because I don't, I'm like you, I don't want to wear them in the wrong situation and then be
2: made fun of because I look ridiculous and I'm trying to look cool by wearing J's. Exactly. That's why I, I dipped my toe in the water, so to speak, in that I I bought three pairs. They were not the $500 variety <laughs> They were like a hundred-some bucks. Oh, okay, we'll give this a shot. And the one thing I knew is, well, you can always sell them again because people will always buy Jordans. But at any rate, I digress. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. He is Gabe Neitzel, in for Canty today. I am Chris Carlin, in for simply... Myself, We are on SiriusXM Channel 80 and on your smart speaker presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, good for the Lakers. The Lakers are making a strong playoff push right now, and they find themselves uh, in a golden opportunity tonight to solidify a top six position in the West. And it's not just staying out of the play-in game. It's that one spot that I think everybody in the West is trying to get to the teams that are below four and five. They are dying to get to the six spot so that they can get a shot at the Sacramento Kings, who have never met any sort of defense they would want to play.
3: No, they have zero idea what they're doing on that side of the floor. They score a lot of points, fun team to watch, exciting, and that's a great way to win a lot of regular season games in the NBA. But you, once you get to the playoffs, you actually have to stop somebody. And that's the one thing the Lakers have been doing, by the way, Carla. They have been able to, since they traded Russell Westbrook, they've been playing really good defense. And I think that's why they brought Darvin Ham in to begin with, to play some of these you know better defensive schemes and, and get their guys in some of those positions. And that's what they've been doing. They've been defending. If they get to that sixth spot and they end up matching up against the Kings, they beat the Kings in five, six games and start to get some momentum going, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it feels like the Lakers could actually make some noise in the Western Conference.
2: Well, you are not the only one that feels that way. So says Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst on NBA Today. When I look at the Lakers and I look at the way that Anthony Davis is playing, Give
4: me one player that's been playing better than him in the Western Conference. And then when I look at LeBron James coming back right now, he actually, you know, is buying into I could be the second option. So when I look at a team like the Phoenix Suns, who's everybody is picking because of D book and Kevin Durant and, and Chris Paul, well I say what well, I say this. Look at the Lakers big three. Look at D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Look at LeBron James. Yeah. Look at Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. You tell me who would you rather have right now, D'Angelo Russell or Angel Chris Paul. Give me D'Angelo Russell. So as of right now, I'm looking at the Lakers, if they match up against anybody, even the team I picked to go to the Western Conference Finals in the Sacramento Kings, the Lakers are going to beat them.
2: So with that in mind, you've got the Lakers and the Clippers right now, identical records, Clippers have the tiebreaker. Whatever happens tonight will not change that. But what will change is if the Lakers win, They are a game ahead of the Clippers. I'm sorry. Anthony Davis has to play tonight. Has to play tonight. I know they haven't played him in back-to-backs, but Gabe, we saw this a week and a half ago. Another important game, AD's not playing. The Lakers, to put themselves in the sixth spot, not only line them up, themselves up nicely against the Kings, but they get themselves a week of rest going into the postseason. It is not, let's go play in the play-in, catch as catch can. Dear God, what happens if we lose the first play-in game? Then we got to play the second play-in game. Then then they're playing the Nuggets, saying, listen, listen, I don't think there's anybody in the West that the Lakers are incapable of beating, except for themselves. Except for themselves and their own health. And I know, I know how much... Caution teams want to have when it comes to a guy like AD. I don't blame them. The guy is hurt when the wind blows the wrong way. He's got to play tonight, Gabe. He's got to play tonight. They need to win this game. And then you've got two left, and you've got a great opportunity to get to really solidify your spot uh, in the top six in the West and, and get a break.
3: The, the point you make about having the week of rest because you wouldn't be, be playing in the, the play-in tournament, that's the best case you can make. And I understand, yeah. yes, teams want to be cautious. You see it all the time with their superstars, especially some that have suffered some injuries. But this seems worth the risk to me because while the ceiling for the Lakers certainly is making some noise, and, and if they get some momentum, as I mentioned, against the Sacramento Kings, who knows what they do against the Grizzlies or Nuggets or Suns or whoever they would face next in the Western Conference playoffs. But let's say they lose tonight. Let's say AD doesn't play and they lose to the, the, the Clippers tonight and they end up in the play in. Like getting out of the play in. And f- losing back-to-back games, that also seems like it p- could potentially be on the table for the Lakers. So why would you put yourself through it? Give yourself the chance in a series versus rolling the dice in two games and having to win just one of those two to make yourself the 7 or 8 seed. Plus, as as we were just talking about, if you're the 6 seed, you get the Kings. That seems like a tremendous matchup for you, so why wouldn't you try to play for that? It, it just seems like this would be the time to roll the dice and and risk having Anthony Davis play back-to-back.
2: So, will he play tonight? Here's Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. Well, I listen just based on
1: what, what the Lakers have been trying to do to preserve Anthony Davis. I'd be very surprised if he plays. Having said that, I think the Lakers look—they're looking at it like this: they're 15 and six
2: in their last 21 games. Bottom line is that both guys are going to be healthy going into the postseason, and. They just have to make sure they try to avoid a situation where you're in a play-in. If you're in a play-in then foul trouble, a guy rolls his ankle or has an off shooting night, and you could be done. Listen, they they are really asking for trouble just from the standpoint of wearing themselves down if they don't get that six spot. Gabe, last one. If you are the Lakers and you end up in the play-in, would you rather play Denver or Memphis in the first round? (sighs) Po <sighs> I
3: might. That's a great question. I, my gut tells me I think I'd rather play Denver. Like, Jaws just scary. And like, when, if Jaws at full strength with mm. the rest of that roster and the way that they can play some defense, it just seems a lot scarier to me. I feel that even though Jokic can make some, you know, tremendous shots, I think you can take advantage of what he does on the defensive side that you can make things work out in your favor if you're the Lakers.
2: And Jamal Murray's a concern right now, health wise. He's definitely a concern. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN. Radio and on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speaker, 888-729-3776. We'll be getting to some of your calls here in just a bit, especially around Lamar Jackson. Gabe Knightzel in for a canty today. So we turn our attention back to Lamar as we have been talking about quite a bit. Jamison Hensley, ESPN Ravens reporter, joining us right now, who was a part of the press conference earlier today. That just seemed a bit odd. And, Jameson, before we get into it, I want to play these two clips from the press conference and see if you could lay out what the scene was as it was going on. First of all, Eric DeCosta's response to Ravens' GM to the first question about Lamar Jackson.
3: Yeah, so those are, you know, I understand the need to ask those kind of questions. Uh, I think just out of respect for the process, this is a draft luncheon, and we're going to try to keep as much of this discussion as we can to the draft, to the coming weeks, building the best football team we can build. So I understand those questions. I think we've spoken about this situation probably five different times this spring in various different press conferences and such. So we're going to try to just kind of defer to those questions and move forward to the draft.
2: And then another question came, and this is is exactly what happened.
1: You
0: no know, respect to the this thing about the draft and everything.
1: Just with the Lamar stuff that's going on. Hey guys, are you, are you all looking uh, at quarterbacks? Alex, Alex, Alex.
4: This is about the draft. Just move off the. Mike, you Let's just. We're
1: not answering more questions About the draft. Are you looking at quarterbacks differently because of the situation's going?
2: on yeah, You know, I don't think we really are. Yeah, and, and actually, gave you a bit of an answer. The mic. As you could tell, it was kind of off in the distance with the question coming, and that was Ravens yeah. PR cutting in there, saying, hey, we're only talking about the draft here. So, Jamison Hensley, paint that picture. How bizarre did it get in that room? Yeah, I mean,
4: this is a definitely a different tone from the Ravens, because over the 25 months of these negotiations with Lamar, whether it's been Coach John Harbaugh or Ravens general manager Eric Acosta, they have consistently praised Lamar and expressed optimism that a deal is going to get done. Now fast forward till today, and it was just a very different, very different tone. Um, Ravens PR at the beginning of the press conference said, Hey, this is a draft luncheon. Uh, you know, we respect your questions, but you know, let's keep it to, to the draft. And then, you know, I had the first question I asked about Lamar because Ravens general manager, Eric DeCosta had not spoken to us, since the Lamar tweet where he announced that he had a trade request and he basically said goodbye to all Ravens fans. So I asked him about that tweet and that's where you heard the first response. Then another question was asked about Lamar and then, then a third one. And that's when Ravens PR stepped in and said, let's just keep this about the draft. No more Lamar questions. And after that, we did talk about quarterbacks and we, and I I even asked general manager Eric Costa about the possibility of of the Ravens drafting a quarterback in the first round, uh, he he it was it was a little surprising that he said that yeah they're keeping all their options basically open. He did not downplay that, but uh, yeah it was just a very strange day because for the most part they have been so pro Lamar, and then today throughout the whole press conference, no Ravens official even mentioned him by name. Wow, wow.
3: So what seems more likely at this point, they draft a quarterback and he's the starter in 2023 or they somehow reconcile with Lamar and he's their starter in 2023?
4: Yeah, this is how I see it kind of playing out uh where because Lamar doesn't have an offer sheet from anybody and that could change after the draft. Let's just say the Colts didn't get their their quarterback that they wanted at number 4. They drafted a position player. Uh, and now they're still in need of a quarterback after after this. The Colts still can sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet up until July 17th. They can sign him to a multi-year offer sheet until that deadline. So the teams can go after Lamar even after the draft. But if it plays out the way it's been playing out now and no teams are going to sign him to an offer sheet, Uh, That means Lamar Jackson is basically stuck here with the Ravens. And then the next big decision would become does he play under the tag or does he do a Le'Veon Bell back in 2018 and sit out the whole year? So the Ravens have to have contingency plans, and they've talked about that in the past, that they have to be ready for any kind of option. I think the more likely scenario, the Ravens have so many needs as far as wide receiver and corner. I don't see them taking a a quarterback uh, with the 22nd overall pick. I do see them possibly going after a a free agent like a Teddy Bridgewater, bringing him in just as a contingency plan if Lamar Jackson doesn't play under the tag this year.
2: Jamison Hensley covers the Ravens for ESPN NFL Nation. Joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Gabe Neitzel is in for Canty today. From Lamar's standpoint, uh, it seems pretty clear what he wants at this point. Are the Ravens... Would it be a, a, a thought that if somebody was to engage them like the the Colts prior to the draft, hey, fourth pick for Lamar, is that something that they would look into and be interested in, assuming that they would then uh, work something out there?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, you, if you look at Eric Dacosta's track record, as general manager here with the Ravens, uh, when players have said they want to go elsewhere, that they want to be traded, He has granted that. I mean, you look at Orlando Brown, a Pro Bowl offensive tackle. He wanted to get traded because he wanted to play left tackle. They sent him to Kansas City. Wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown, who was the number one wide receiver here at that time, he wanted to get traded. He didn't want want to be in a run-first offense. DeCosta trades Brown to the Arizona Cardinals uh, last year. So I think when a player does not want to be here in his – i think they are open to moving him but lamar jackson is in such a different category here uh other than today they have expressed optimism that you know he would they, they can make things work here that the relationship hasn't dissolved to the point where it can't be repaired uh but i think they're also at this point too where they're looking at all their options and if if they feel like there's a quarterback at number four Maybe they do that, Uh, but I think all options are available right now to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson.
2: If they
3: reconcile with Lamar, what does that look like?
4: Well, as you as you know, money can really cure a lot of problems. So you can go from not not wanting to talk about a player to them shaking hands and saying, Mm -hmm. "You know what? It was blown out of proportion, and everything is fine now because they have agreed to the right price." Uh, So I've 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 covered the Ravens for over two decades now, uh, and I've seen situations. I've even uh, a lot of people forget that Ray Lewis at one point asked to be traded from the Ravens and. He's, you know, the all-time best player uh, in this franchise history. So there have been times when they've had problems with players, and uh, but again, w- once you sign a contract and you can reach a deal that both sides like, you, you, you everyone, every, everything get, gets repaired very quickly. And I have seen relationships uh, go from looking like, oh, you know, they're, they're parting ways. To then signing a, you know, a long-term deal and then finishing out as Ravens so again money cures all and I would not you know I, I would not say at this point that there's no way the Ravens and large Jackson can come to a deal it just looks like at this point doesn't look very good
2: uh, Jameson last one for me if you are the Raven and, and answer this as diplomatically as possible <laughs> is this a much different organization the way it's been run over the last few years under Eric DaCosta and the the way it was run under Ozzie Newsom.
4: And I I know a lot of people with the perception of, yeah, you know, DaCosta's things have changed. But, I mean, he had been with this franchise since 1997, and he's been Ozzie Newsom's kind of right-hand man Mm -hmm. uh, since I think it goes back to 2000. Uh, 2006. Uh, So uh, I don't. I I know the outside perception is kind of like, oh, things have changed under uh, with a new John. And he he's doing things differently. Uh, You know, he's more active in trades, things like that. Uh, But as far as the culture here, it really hasn't changed that much. And the Ravens have been really one of the more stable franchises in the NFL. They've had in their whole existence, they've had two owners. Three head coaches and two general managers. So uh, it, it, the culture for for me, when you know, just observing uh, on a daily basis, really hasn't changed much uh, from you know, Ozzie Newsome, to Eric DaCosta. I mean, do they do things differently, and do they uh, prioritize things differently? Do they handle certain situations? Yes, but I wouldn't say this is a different Ravens organization under Eric DaCosta than it was under Ozzie Newsom.
2: Appreciate it very much. Thanks so much for joining us, Jamison. Great stuff. Thank you so much, guys. Jamison Hensley, ESPN Ravens reporter, joining us on Canty and Carlin. It is Gabe Neitzel in for Canty along with Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Coming up, it is our daily dash to the draft. Are we sleeping on one quarterback in this draft? Gabe will tell you all of that after this from FanDuel. Now, Grand Slams, no hitters, double plays, they're back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat-first bid up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com play to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
1: 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-789. 7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit KSGamblingHelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia.
2: cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at eBaymotors.com. eligible items only exclusions apply
1: now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Are you a Ted Lasso guy?
2: Oh, of course, yeah. Who doesn't love Ted Lasso? You know, there's a lot of people that haven't... It's not that they don't love it. They just haven't picked it up yet. Canty hasn't really picked it up. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, Gabe Neitzel is in for Canty today. And the reason I bring it up, without any spoilers, I have not watched this week's episode as of yet. But... Last week's episode, they officially signed this player named Zava. And if Zava is not supposed to be Aaron Rodgers, I want to know who it is. Because he has a man bun. He's got the the Rodgers beard. He walks in. He's got like, he's like meditating in the corner. He is doing everything that you would expect Aaron Rodgers to be doing. (laughs) <laughs> everything like they had to have modeled this guy after Aaron Rodgers no I did not make that
3: connection yet but now yeah. every time I watch and every time I look at Zava I am not going to just be able to see anything but Aaron Rodgers did you watch last week's episode I did not. I am behind right now. I okay. saw I saw the, the season premiere, and, and I guess this is the final
2: season potentially, so I yeah. saw the
3: season premiere, but I am a couple episodes behind with the one that came out today.
2: Okay, well, I'm not spoiling any plot lines, but just to give you an example, like Sammy, one of the players on the team, mm-hmm. who of course had the affair with Rebecca last year, uh, has opened up a restaurant on the side, and all of his teammates came to this opening of this restaurant. And – Zava's there, and he grabs him and he puts his arm around him and he says, "Where are you getting your locally sourced avocados?" <laughs> 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 like that's total Aaron Rodgers. And he's like, "Well, we we don't really use avocados in Nigerian food. <laughs> Not yet. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Expecting to change. And I don't know why it came up in my head, but it just oh. did it." It's if it's not Aaron, like I can't get away from this guy, even in my entertainment game. I can't get away from him. Well, I mean, I'm glad you're bringing me down with you then, because, again,
3: it's one of those things. I I love sitting back, watching it with my wife. And now I'm going to have to, after talking about Aaron Rodgers all day, go home and watch one of my favorite series, which now apparently features
2: Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. No question. And there's no, I'm already getting texts from friends right now. Thanks for spoiling it. I spoiled none of the plot line with saying this. And by the way, we are a week removed from it, from the last episode. And they had already knew that they signed him two episodes ago. So to all of you out there who are complaining about the spoiler alert, I simply say respectfully, screw you. I don't (laughs) know, but very respectfully. Exactly. Let's get to today's dash for the
1: draft.
4: Okay, football fan, let's Let's get get back back. to some football.
1: This is the dash for the draft with Canty and Carlin.
2: All of the quarterback talk has, of course, been about C.J. Stroud. Has been about Young. Has been about uh, you know Will Levis, and has been about Anthony Richardson. And then there's Hendon Hooker who is starting to catch some heat. You'll remember last week, Mike Tannenbaum put out in his mock draft on the 33rd team, his site, which, by the way, they do an amazing job if you haven't checked it out, the33rdteam.com. But Mike, on his his thing, had Hendon Hooker going, I believe, in the top five, fifth overall. Mm -hmm. Of course, he had the torn ACL, the quarterback from Tennessee. But more and more people are starting to buy into the idea. Todd McShay yesterday where maybe Hendon Hooker is a first-round pick after all. Here is McShea uh, on Fitz and Harry explaining what really stands out about him.
4: The one thing I keep getting from teams in the NFL, though, is he is acing the the private interviews and, and, and time where they're, they're putting him on the board, going through plays at Tennessee, and even I had one team say that you know, we, we walked through all the Tennessee stuff, and then we said, all right, take us back to Virginia Tech. Like it was yesterday he was playing in the system. The verbiage to the checkdowns and everything, he just – he was able to recall that. And I think teams are, are intrigued by that football intelligence. And Minnesota with, a, with Kirk Cousins at 35 years old next season, one year left on his contract, 23rd in QBR this past season in the NFL, still struggling in big moments to deliver – it's time for Minnesota, and they've been working quietly behind the scenes on all these quarterbacks, I'm told. It's time for Minnesota to draft a quarterback that they can be married to for the next 7, 10 years.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that his name comes up there. His name could come up with the Ravens. What are your thoughts about Hendon Hooker now entering this, the discussion after he torn ACL last year in the midst of a season that he was having just an absolutely tremendous year?
3: Yeah. If he stays healthy, he's got a really good chance at winning the Heisman Trophy. That's how good his season last year was at Tennessee. I guess I'm surprised I'm seeing his name mentioned in the first round because of two things. Because of that knee injury. It's not like the knee injury happened in late August, early September. It happened in the middle of November. Are we sure he's going to be able to come back and play in preseason games? Yeah. Is this, you know, I look at this next year for him kind of like a redshirt year, which is tough because he's already 25 years old. You're going to be looking at, if you draft him in the first round, about potentially exercising his fifth-year option when he's turning 30. He's, he's just a little bit older of a quarterback, and – I I like his potential. I love it. And and if Minnesota decides that they like him, I I like that situation because they have Kirk Cousins. They don't have to rush Hendon Hooker into, into the starting lineup. Same thing, I guess, if he goes top five. I would be shocked if he went top five. But for the same reasons in Minnesota, they've got Geno Smith in Seattle, so he doesn't have to play right away. He can learn. He can take his time recovering the knee from the knee injury and doesn't have to rush back to try to have a team go, well, we drafted you in the first round. We have to get you out there. But based on the age and the injury, it it, it seems like it would be a bit of a risk to take him in the first round. You would have to be absolutely sure that this is your guy going forward after, I would say, 2023. So it would be 2024 and beyond.
2: Yeah, and you have to have, as you alluded to, that guy in place for this year that you're very confident in. And you kind of have to have the luxury of the rest of the team being in a good enough spot where you don't necessarily need a contribution from that first-round pick right away. The one question I have about him is when you take him out of the Josh Heupel exceptionally quarterback-friendly offense, what is that going to look like? Because now it's, without getting too technical about it, it's kind of read half the field. You don't have to worry about everything the way they run it. Another guy that kind of likes the idea for a team of drafting Hendon Hooker outside of the top five is Mike Tannenbaum. Take a listen to this. Draft Hendon Hooker, quarterback, University of Tennessee.
4: Look, Aaron Rodgers,
2: we know it's a short-term marriage. Hopefully it all works out. But they got also build for the future. And Hendon Hooker, to me, when it's all said and done, has unbelievable upside. And ideally, he, he sits a year behind Aaron Rodgers. The quarterback position goes from a weakness to a strength. See, to me, if that's for the Jets... That has to be one of those spots where they're holding on to those two second round picks this year and they're going to take him with one of those. Yes. It cannot be taken with the 13th pick. They need somebody that's going to help them right away.
3: No, can you imagine if they they pull off the trade for Rodgers? Let's say it includes the forty second pick, and then at thirteen they take another quarterback. It's only Rodgers is gonna is, is gonna handle that well after coming from a team that he thought didn't get him enough weapons, and now not he goes to, to a the team. You, yeah, that not to mention the to,
2: fact that Zach Wilson met disaster.
3: Correct. And now and now he comes to a new team and the first thing they do is draft a quarterback in the first round. That's not going to go well. And Plus, if you're the Jets, if you trade for Aaron Rodgers aren't you now in all-in mode? Shouldn't you be wanting to use that 13th pick on someone who is going to help you in 2023 because you don't know when Aaron Rodgers is going to be retiring and you want to take the big swing this year? If you're taking the big swing in 23 that to me means you have to draft someone who is going
2: to help you immediately at 13. Well, believe it or not, this is a much much bigger discussion that has garnered even more attention of late and myself I'm never really interested in any kind of you know facts or logic to back something up but there actually is and you'll hear it next canteen Carla at ESPN radio
0: with everyone fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact
1: and Carlin, the podcast.
2: Okay, so what exactly, how how much time am I supposed to actually allow before I can talk about a television show now, especially when they're available in, you know, in bunches? Like, I I know we're a couple of weeks out here Mm -hmm. on Ted Lasso, but I got people screaming and yelling on Twitter and on uh, texting me. How can you do that? Spoiler. First of all, I gave no spoiler alert. I gave no spoiler in it. No. Like, what's acceptable, Gabe? And I don't need you to defend me. Be honest. If I'm out of sure. line here, tell me. No, I, I think when you know that a popular show
3: like Ted Lasso, which is released weekly, like, if you fall behind, and again, I don't, you didn't give any, a spoiler that happened today. Like, if you gave a spoiler from the episode that was dropped today right now, that would yes. be out of bounds. Like, that's, you got to give people a little bit of time, but last week... At this, I mean, you've had seven or eight days to try to catch up and watch that. I'm behind on that. That's on me. I'm One of my favorite shows as well is Succession over on yes, HBO. Absolutely. I was unable to watch it this past Sunday. And I somehow have been, uh, been able to avoid any spoilers from this past Sunday's episode. But I am terrified that I am going to somehow run into a spoiler before I actually watch it. And I know that's on me because I haven't had time to watch it. If somebody spoils it... Two or three days after, I feel that's on me when the episodes are coming out weekly. If you are waiting to try to binge everything because that's the way you've decided to consume it, like, that's on you at this
2: point. Are you at any point now, just the way we are, outside of sports, on appointment television? Where, like, for me, I'm on Succession 2, and frankly, I am there at 9 o'clock on Sunday nights. It's one of the very few things where I would definitively say I'm going to be there knowing exactly when it's going to air.
3: Yes, and Succession is the only other thing. And I had something else going on. It was WrestleMania. All right, I'll be honest. It was WrestleMania this past Sunday. I respect that. It was WrestleMania, WrestleMania, so I had to miss Succession this past Sunday. But every other Sunday, I'm going to be there at 9 o'clock Eastern to watch that because I cannot wait to see what happens next because they do such a good job with the storytelling that I can't wait for
2: the next one. So I, I mean, I, I imagine. Can I talk about WrestleMania, or is that too far off? Now you should be able to. I mean, WrestleMania is like a lot. This is what, what I'm, I'm
3: saying. saying. Yeah, WrestleMania. WrestleMania blurs the lines, right? Like yeah. WrestleMania. I look at professional wrestling almost like a, a sporting event, right? Like I'm talking about WrestleMania the Monday after WrestleMania. Like that's that's like talking about the Super Bowl. You got to talk about the Super Bowl the Monday after the Super
2: Bowl. You right. can't just.
3: Well, somebody may have recorded it, so I can't talk about it. Yeah, no, you can't do that anymore.
2: By the way, I mean, I don't follow it as much as i nearly used to, but it seems like they tanked the the Cody Rhodes uh, match. Like, um, it was a good match, but...
3: Oh, yeah, it was a tremendous match. Um, it may have been the wrong call, and now Vince McMahon might be back involved, and it's it's getting messy. Yeah,
2: the they WWE got a lot else. back to being messy. Yeah, they got a lot else going on. Kenti and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. I, I, I can't believe we've gotten to this point, but there are people that actually believe that drafting a quarterback for the New York Jets is the way to go, like Ryan Clark on Get Up. If they can
1: trade back and do it, it's actually not a bad idea and greedy. I'm only saying that because even you don't want Zach Wilson to be a hit away from being your quarterback. Now, Mm -hmm. the problem is, where is Hendon Hooker going to be with his injury situation? He hurt that knee late in the season in Tennessee. But if Will Levis slips, if Anthony Richardson happens to be hanging around at number three, which I don't
2: expect him to, it's actually not a bad idea. And here is Greeny's head exploding.
0: Let me just respond to that with a question. Sure, you're going to have Aaron Rodgers, and you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. What could go wrong?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, everything. This is the worst idea I've ever heard of my life. Are you out of your
2: mind? (laughs) I I, I want this man
4: expelled not only from this conversation, but from all football conversations that are ever to come. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers is going to lose his (laughs) money if the Jets draft Hendon Hooker, and you are in for this. You've made your bed. (sighs) Sleep in it. Aaron Rodgers is the essence of
2: easily aggrieved. Oh, I, I can't even sit like this. Are you, you want the Jets to
4: take a quarterback in the first round? Now we're just finally going to get Rodgers. You're going to piss him off before the whole thing even starts? Dwoody, this going will be mad. The per, the, he's going to be mad. He's going to be frustrated. This he's is not. a disaster. I'm going to fight, <laughs>
2: Damian no. Woody. Now, well, now we have to root for it. I mean, clearly we have to root for it, don't we? <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing to see them trade back just a little bit and then all of a sudden, at the 19th pick, the Jets take Hendon Hooker? That would just be a strange pick
3: as well, just because, to me, Zach Wilson would still be a hit away from being the starting quarterback. I don't think they're going to turn to Hendon Hooker should Aaron Rodgers get injured because of that
2: knee injury. Yep. I Look, I don't see it happening. The Jets... I would be stunned at this point if with the 13th pick, they did not draft an offensive lineman and they did not draft a tackle. And to me, that guy is is Brandon, is Broderick Jones. That's the guy the
1: Jets should pick. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.